Hey guys, welcome back to the OPD podcast. Uh, Austin and Joe here. We have a special guest lined up. He has not joined us yet, so he may or may not join us. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If not, we always have stuff to talk about. So we, it seems like we we talk about all the good juicy stuff before we record. So you guys miss everything. But, uh, <laughs> as soon as we hop on in it. Yeah, that's isn't that what normally happens though. Do you know what we normally do that though? It's like we'll get on and we'll just like chat and we'll be like, oh, I should be recording this. This is good. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So uh what do you guys have going on over there? Anything anything worth talking about? Oh, it's bloody hot, mate. It's bloody hot at the minute. It's um I don't like hot weather. I know I know it's a bit silly and it's very English to be moaning about the hot weather when everyone complains about the cold, but I, I don't complain about the cold. I love the cold. If you ask Jasmine, like I won't even go on holiday to a hot place. I really don't like a hot environment and it's really hot over here. Can't eat anything without sweating. Gym's like a sauna. Cause we got no air con. There's no air con anywhere in the UK because it doesn't get hot. Uh, it got up to like 35 degrees today, which is just, it's just nasty mate. Um, so I haven't been enjoying that too much to be honest. Yeah, it's uh see that's that's normal for us here. Um I think so thirty-five, let's see, thirty-five is about ninety-five, I think. Ninety? That's hot. That's pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I it's about that here, but we do have we have air conditioning in our house, but obviously I don't like working out i don't have i don't have any air conditioning so mm. yeah, it's it's still a lot out there training it's bad connection over here so, you're breaking up there austin say that again i said uh it's just really hot training outside oh yeah i bet so, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't. Go ahead. Uh, our gym's in like an old shoe factory. So it's one of those kind of very hot buildings. And the cardio, uh, because I'm to, I, I like to keep up like an hour of higher intensity cardio work a week. And because uh, I, had a, I had surgery a week ago today, it's very like limiting on how much time I can do on cardio before it's like just too too much so i'll split it up so i've been doing just 15 minutes post-workout uh after each session on the stairmaster but the cardio is all up a level and it's like breathing like fucking foam up there it's so hot it's like you can't breathe <laughs> it's ridiculous uh, even 15 minutes on the stairmaster at level five today and i was fucked mate oh did, did you disappear and come back yeah, I heard a little bit of that. I was just saying it was, it's bloody hot on the cardio level, basically, at my gym. Um, but, um, yeah, still uh, just getting it done. Um, so, oh, I can't remember when I was last on here or when I last was. Ah, that's right. I couldn't do last week because I had to have this emergency surgery that I had a week ago today. Right. How did that go? Everything, they, what, they were draining? Right. Yeah. So I had that blood infection that I had to have operated on my left leg in February 
Um, I got another one, but they were just draining it and it was controlled, but it got infected. So I had to have it cut out again. So I've just had the same surgery, but on the, the right leg. Gotcha. Um, but it's about half the size now. So uh, half the size of the other one, sorry. So it's not so bad. It's not stopping me training, but obviously recovery being the, the focus, I'm not in any kind of caloric deficit. Now there's no point being in a deficit if I can't do cardio really. And, uh, you don't want to be in a deficit when your your primary focus is on on healing, anyway. Yep. Yep. So I sacked off the cut. I'm just been resting a lot, eating plentifully, enjoying myself, um, enjoying life in general. Uh, generally, just relaxing with no specific physique goal in mind at the minute. Although, just by virtue of, I mean, the way I kind of do in my gaining phases, I don't tend to overly track that much. I just hit like this amount of veggies, this amount of protein, and then a rough amount of calories, which is generally too much. And then just eat whatever I want, really. I don't tend to... I, As you know, if I wanted to like... Bloody hell. Sorry, I got the window open. If I wanted to get fat, I'd, I'd have to consciously eat a lot. So... Yeah. So yeah, I'm just chilling out, trying to focus on recovery and just uh, just resting a lot at the minute, mate. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, uh, every week's getting a little bit better. Can't complain, you know. I have uh, doing some different lab work and things and um, training slowly picking up, feeling better. So I'm tracking, obviously tracking all the um, – biofeedback with the aura ring too and just kind of watching that trend go up i'm hitting at the minute because i'm I'm on an absolute sleep rampage i'll I'll give you my in a minute tell me yours okay where am i at i am at well i'm hitting just give me last night okay i'll tell you let me look last night was pretty good let me see and you got to I'm sure this isn't a hundred. I'm sure I'll still keep getting better, but I'm definitely improving. Uh, readiness this morning was 90. That's, That's good. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, had, uh, had eight hours and 14 minutes last night. I was in bed for nine and a half and I had 22% REM and 22% deep sleep. That was very good. Yeah. Last night was really good. Um, and I trained legs today, and I would say that it was my nervous system felt good. Um, What's so your there head was coffee a, at the minute? Um, I think. Let's see. Um, HRV. Well, it gives you the average and the max. Yeah. So, what's the max? Because it, it, that will generally probably be in a deep sleep stage that will give you that. 98. Bloody hell, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, average was 47. That's very. That's still very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my resting heart rate looks good. Um, resting heart rate on average is around 60, 62. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's like good. Enough. You're recovering very well. Yeah. I. But, you know... Last week looked really good too, and I kind of tested it. I pushed myself. Um, like we went out of town, we went to the Masters, 
nationals there in Pittsburgh and I trained an extra day. And then obviously the travel wasn't super stressful, but I had a client, you know, client competing and all that. And, uh, and literally my readiness dropped like 30 points. Oh yeah. Tra- traveling always. It, it, it's, it's strange. I mean, you see it in everybody, but traveling just always seems to write off autonomic nervous system balance. It's got to be a circadian anchoring thing where you're just out of your rhythm. Yeah. I mean that quick, I literally dropped yeah. 30 points. And then by Monday, when I was back home, Monday, I felt like I got hit by a car. Like I was tired. Um, I've read some research on alien sleep environments affecting heart rate variability as well. So that's um, something to consider. Oh, yeah. In hundred percent. I mean, I've, I've always had, I've always had noticeably poorer sleep in different environments, even though I tend to try when we travel, I tend to try to get hotels, pretty good hotels and they tend to have like better bedding and stuff in the rooms, which that, you know, that helps keep the rooms cold, get the hotels. They have like blackout curtains and all that stuff in them and all that stuff helps. But even, even in the perfect environment, you know, it doesn't, it's not perfect. And in little things like sit in there waiting for the results of the show and it's a close show, your heart, your heart rates up for hours. Are you still using your um, CPAP? I stopped. I couldn't do it, man. I just couldn't sleep with the damn thing on. No, that's very good that you've managed to come off and your sleep quality is that high. Yeah. I've done a couple things, though. I've done well, – I still wear my earplugs, of course, but I've noticed that the snoring – I'll still snore unless I do something to mitigate that. I actually wear a um, – a little head strap that holds my chin up mm. and that it sounds, you know, you wouldn't think that the snoring directly affects it, but it does because when I wear the chin strap and keep and keep my chin up, my sleep score always goes up because I'm assuming because I'm breathing properly through my nose and not, you know, and not gagging myself when I'm snoring. Have you tried um, something I do with clients is use tape? and just take them out shut? Yeah, you could. I mean, it's the same It's the same thing, basically. I mean, it's just a neoprene, like a stretchy neoprene strap that goes over the top of my head, and it goes under my chin and holds my chin up. And uh, Does that it keep your like, head back when you sleep as well? Because I'm getting, I'm getting this, like, suboccipital nerve issue in, well, in the occipital region of my skull, because when I sleep, I tuck my chin into my chest for some reason and it's causing it's giving me these tension headaches because of the nerve um sort of just uh tension on that nerve bed oh, obviously in that occipital region you've got these extremely dense areas of nerves and if you've got them sort of exposed for that long in that position it takes for about half the day i'm sort of stretching out my neck i wonder if that would help me to keep my head up So what helped me the most was getting a pillow that had the right deck height. See, I did go, I got measured up and I bought a proper orthopedic pillow. Um, It's only recently I've been doing this. I don't know why. I don't know why I keep waking up in this very odd sort of tucked in position. Hmm. 
Mm. Now, the one, does your pillow, um, does it stay firm or do you sink a lot as the night goes on? No, it's pretty firm. Yeah, that's, that helped me. I, I actually got one that, that has a, like literally has this like concave area right in the center that your neck sits in. So you, you can't, you can't move. Well, you can, I mean, you can move, but it holds your, it literally like holds your head in there. Like a, uh, you know what an egg carton looks like, how the egg sits down in the egg carton yeah. and it like the back of your head sits down in it like that. Do you sleep on your back? So I sleep on my back or I, or on my left, uh, left side and it normally, and, uh, it, it works on either side, but we also got a, a new bed recently, like a couple months ago. And, uh, that helped a lot. Our bed's huge now. It's giant. We have, I don't know what you guys like call your, your bed sizing, but we typically have like a, a, an adult would typically sleep in a queen, a king, or a, you can get a California king is what they call them. And that's a huge, it's giant. That's what we, uh, that's what we got recently. I can, I can roll over like two, two or three times before I even hit Jerrica. Yeah. It's huge. It's well, giant. Well, <laughs> yeah. Way to avoid, avoid a hug at, at night, isn't it? <laughs> it's nice though. It is it's like the bed is humongous. So that helped for sure. I don't know but, the bed sizes. I know that we've got a queen just because I had to go and buy a new mattress for it. But um, yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's the smallest or the biggest or what. No, they're they're smaller than that. They have like uh, twin beds or double beds, which are just like for single person. King's got to be bigger than queen in it. You you just think. Yeah. I don't yep. know. Um, yeah, they're pricey, aren't they, mattresses? So, what are those? Uh, what are those sleep scores? Are you? Am Let me have a look at last night. Now, I don't think I slept very well last night because oh, it's very hot. Had the fan on full, but I still woke up sweating a few times. Let me have a look. Okay, sleep score was eighty-five. That's not that's not a good night for me. Um, total sleep time eight hour twenty-three. Um, sleep efficiency 95 resting heart rate 58 um, here's where it gets interesting REM sleep 45% mm. deep sleep 30, 38% so I'm what is your what is your latency uh six minutes you know that's the only the latency and the restfulness are the two that i haven't last night i hit restfulness good my restfulness always says pay attention i don't know why because my the rest of my sleep is so good why how how can do you I, wake, do you wake up in the middle of the night i go for a piss about five times well, that's it because I, I was looking, I was researching it. That's what mine said too. I'm like, well, what the hell? How is my deep sleep and REM sleep good, but my restfulness is not? And it says, because it says right here, sleep disturbances caused by wake ups. I've tried everything not to have nocturia, tapering down water. 
I just think it's something that at some point I've built into my circadian rhythm that I can't get out of. Yeah. I, uh, creatine before bed, everything. <laughs> well, that's mine too. I've noticed, I've noticed things in prep, like for example, I've always had issues with really bad hunger about two hours after I would go to sleep and prep. Okay. So I would, and I, I would get like an adrenal, like when uh, my nervous system's really tanked, I would get like an adrenal dump, you know, and wake me up. Mm. And when you're and when your heart rate goes up like that, you get hungry usually. And uh, so on purpose in prep, I would program a meal in at that time, like a something small, you know, just like a, could be little like, a Greek yogurt with a little bit of something mixed in it. You know what I mean? Just to, to help me go back to sleep. But the thing is, if I would do that, it would take me months after prep to reset my rhythm, to not want to wake up and eat. Yeah. And it, it's a pain in the ass. Like I, in prep, it saves, it saves me. But at the same time, outside of prep, like right now, I still wake up at that exact damn near that exact time within 30 minutes every night do you know what? i think that's where mine started as well when i think back to previous diets where i just wake up and it's almost like that cortisol response but way earlier than it should be um you know that, that like get up and get food now yeah. yep and it's just stayed built into that pattern of circadia instead now i just Go to the toilet. Uh, I mean, a good quote that I heard Luke Hoffman say was something like, "You don't wake up because you need a piss. You piss because you wait. You've woken up." Well, yeah, because, and that's true. Because if you don't, if you don't wake up, and you're you're not going to piss yourself in the bed. No, you 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 will you'll make it all the way to the morning, and when you get up in the morning, you you'll be about to explode. Yeah, but you'll. But you'll be okay because I mean I've had on the on the occasional night that I would sleep all the way through, which is was not very common. I would wake up and like I was about to piss myself in bed. <laughs> and Imagine. It, yeah. So yeah, I think it is. I think it's just I think it's just long periods of retraining your circadian pattern. So I I'm going to try some different things this year like uh starting just to uh restrict that that small little meal feeding or whatever you want to call it when I wake up and see see if I can restrict uh or you see if I can reset it but yeah because I have a long long off season up so it'd be nice if I could get it reset to where I didn't wake up I mean I would be it would be a dream come true if I could sleep all the way through the night yeah, I feel kind of like that. I do weird stuff, though. Like, I'll wake up, because I don't set an alarm, because I wake up at the same time every day. But then maybe one out of every ten nights, I'll wake up, and I'll just, like, get up and, like, come downstairs and have a drink or something and, like, start to do whatever I'm about to do. And then I'll realise it's, like, five in the morning. Well, what the fuck is going on? And I have to go back to bed? Yeah. <laughs> You're all, uh, like, disoriented. Yeah, because I... I always wake up at seven o'clock. I never, I never set an alarm. It might be like three past seven, five past seven. 
but then you get the odd night that I've woken up and I've just thought it's a normal day. Yeah, occasionally it's bizarre, but that's interesting. Um, that habitual, those habitual rhythms. I mean, and I'm so I'm so regimented that if we are if we're traveling or something or we're somewhere else, like I'll get to a point where it's my normal, it's the time where I normally go to bed and I'll all of a sudden I'll get so fucking tired that I can barely stay awake doing whatever we're doing. Yeah, I do that as well. Because I'll be, <laughs> I mean, it, it's the principle of chronotyping, right? Something that I work on with clients is like find where your sleep data looks best within your specific chronotype and then stay within it. If you stay within it for long enough, it's so built into your yep. that, I mean, like for me, I get to half 10, I'm gone. It doesn't matter where I am, what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So we were yep. at a wedding not long ago and we had to leave there at like that time. I just, I, it was like I, I was absolutely disabled. I hadn't done it for so long. Yeah, it's been- it, it is. It's bizarre. I'll get, uh, even on the nights where I would have to go to bed later for whatever reason, I would still wake up at the same exact time in the middle of the night. It's so programmed. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, uh, change of topic, post-show and stuff. You're quite a wild post-show now. What's your, how, how far have you pushed your weight? and your food and stuff so far? Uh, well, I'm about... Uh, I'm up about 20 pounds, mm-hmm. depending on the day. Um, it varies a little bit. Food right now is... I actually... I'm, I think I'm going to get ready to push it up a little bit more. I'm starting to kind of stall. I'm, I'm right about... Right about 4,000 calories on training days. And, uh, same as me. About same as me. Yeah. Right about 4,000. And then I drop, I drop, I drop about a full thousand or so out on non training. But I'm sedentary, you know? I mean, I don't. Yeah. You see, this is, this is so the low. first time in a surplus that I've actually ran pretty much the same calories every day, just because at the minute I'm so active and doing so much. Um, like, I mean, because tr- you probably burn more calories fucking walking around the shop than you do training actually uh, within the act, not accounting for any post-exercise oxygen consumption. So yeah, I'm generally not tracking anything too acute right now. I'm not really doing any nutrient timing to, to a large degree either. I'm just sort of spreading things out just as a kind of compare and contrast that uh, almost being the opposite end of the spectrum right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much riding that 4,000 calories a day kind of thing. And I bet you can guess, I bet you can guess what happened as soon as I finished my cut within like four days, what do you think my weight did? Oh fuck. It probably went up like 20 pounds, 20 pounds dead on. And then <laughs> yeah, you see, you know, my weight, my 20 pounds is a lot different than your 20 pounds. And I could lose it in three days as well. Yeah. See, I wouldn't. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I know. I know how your body is. I've, 
I've witnessed it. And it, it looks like I gained like 10% body fat, but it's like. Yeah, but it's just water. It's just so much fluid. It's just so bizarre. Um, but it's just like when I started the diet, I started at like 250. And by the end of the first week, I was uh, 225. And I dropped my calories like 300. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I uh, did. I don't know. Did you see? Did you see the photos I posted from last weekend? Um, I would have thought so. Yeah, that was the first. That was actually the first set of photos that I took after the show. Um, I, think I, I hadn't taken any. I mean. I, I assess oh, my I condition. Did. I did. Um, you're in your uh, in the bathroom spot, like from last prep, right? Yeah. Well, that's actually at my. That's actually at the hotel that we were at. But the spot's very similar. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much same, similar situation that I would at home. Yeah, I think I remember seeing them. Yeah. On on Facebook for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything's it's filling out. I think I've gotten to, I've gotten that essential body fat back on that I need, you know? I'm just looking for the photo. Oh, I found it. I found it. You still look very, see that? I literally can't be that dry in a surplus. I just couldn't. I don't know how you do it. No matter how lean I was, as soon as, if I got into a surplus, I wouldn't be that dry. My delts and my arms would, but it's my, it's my quads and like all around like my GI. Just pure fluid. Yeah, I mean, I have really, I think what's my abs aren't, I mean, my midsection is not as lean, but I really don't think it's that watery. I think what the difference is, I, I mean, I've just gained fat on it, just plain and simple. Like, I've just gained fat. I mean, normally I don't fluctuate much in terms of water. Like, I won't have any huge swings in weight from day to day or even when I increase calories. Like, I could literally increase calories 500 calories so you know half a pound a week and i'd probably gain a half a pound yeah i wish i could do that so i swing up like pounds, and then i'll increase calories nothing increase calories nothing increase and it's just i just it just carries on like that yeah i uh i you know what i i didn't even get like i honestly didn't even get a big water or glycogen rebound post show but i but i think i was pretty full at the show you know what i mean so i didn't have what is your I, right i didn't have like a lot of fullness that i needed to push out yeah because i mean people that a lot of time these people that have these drastic swings if i mean if you're really full for your show then you're not going to have a huge swing no because there's oh, just not that. Yeah, that's one of the caveat I should put is like I was seriously flat and like depleted before, and I just I didn't creep anything up. I just went like eat to appetite straight away. So right. I prob I, I pretty much went from like protein didn't change. I went from like too fat. Went from fifty fat to like sixty because that's. <laughs> didn't really change but I went from like 300 carb to like 600 so mm -hmm. yeah so it was just a lot of water yeah and, and pulling out I was using like thyroid and clem as well and 
pulled that yeah. dead stop on the same day. So that's <laughs> yep. lots of lots of water. That's yeah. funny. It's good. Oh. No, though. Oh, excuse me. It's later. Some like I'm complaining, but if you're one of these people that hold a lot of fluid, like I do, it's not necessarily a bad thing, especially in off seasons because. It can get uncomfortable if you let it get ridiculous. Like you can't even walk around. Like I'm still doing ten, fifteen thousand steps a day, and I'm not getting any lower back or calf pumps or anything. So don't don't think I'm letting it be ridiculous because that that is silly and not good for your health. But holding a good deal of fluid is just excellent for training performance and just generally allowing yourself to be in that very anabolic environment of weight moves weight kind of thing is is advantageous. For somebody that leverage, yeah, it's just better leverages in general. People, leverage. people yep. want to, people that want to accrue maximum muscle tissue, like just like on the estrogen post I did yesterday. Like, don't be afraid to get like really watery because who gives a fuck? Just buy them, buy bigger t-shirts for your off season. I mean, this is what I was talking about with Christian today. Is like people worry so much about what they look like in the off season, but how often do you walk around with like your top off and stuff, like. Your goal should be to improve for the next time you compete or do a photo shoot or something or whatever. Don't worry about the time in between. Just actually do what you need to do to improve. Yeah. You know, within reason. Like, don't, don't be a fat ass. But. Yeah, it's... Uh, the leveraging, like, the leverage points is, is something that people underestimate. And it's... Um, I find, too, though you'll notice if you get too fat and too like just too fat, too bloated, too inflamed, then you'll, then those leverages will actually be worse. But there's always like that. There's that good sweet spot of body comp that the leverages are great. And that's pretty much where people progress the best in the gym. Yeah. It's fairly individual as well. Like for me. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I could never I could never be like, right, I want to grow, but I want to stay pretty dry and lean. I'd make no progress. Like, as you know, for me to add any appreciable muscle mass, I have to get pretty, like, look pretty floppy. Um, because that's just how my, like, I just hold water. Some people don't, like you, which is great. But I think so many people shortchange themselves there. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I've done this so many times now that I pretty much know where my leverages are, where my, where my body comp is. And I'll get, I mean, you saw the photos, I'll get softer than that. I'm not going to say like, I'm still in pretty good condition there. And I mean, I'll get softer for sure, but not a lot, you know, and you know how it is too. Once you hit that kind of maximal point of body fat, you have to fucking try to get better. Yeah. 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 And you, you'll just stay there. You, you, yeah. You'd have to eat like an absolute arsehole to go and, and Normally, and you would think on paper that sounds like a good thing, like you could just keep gaining muscle, but what will also happen at that point, that's also when your appetite starts going down. Exactly. And, you know, everything is too far away from homeostasis, and you can't, you can't gain muscle and you can't gain fat because you literally just can't eat enough. Yeah, and that's why as my coaching sort of evolves, I – I move a little bit more away to being super controlled in phases immediately after the diet because maybe I'll utilize that increased appetite a bit more because it does hit that sticking point. And then when we do, 
you can just sort of hold and harden up and own that weight and you yeah. will drop back to your kind of set point because everyone thinks like they can eat forever. Like, trust me. You can. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You'll get a point that you won't want to eat. And just use that period to your advantage. Just yeah, and and you'll I mean, because the weight the weight gain, the actual scale gain and the increases in calories are gonna get much, much slower when your body fat or when your body weight gets higher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because everything, and it's just like anything else, the further away you are from homeostasis, the more delicate everything is. For sure. Yeah, because I have a couple guys that I work with, male clients that have just high, you know, high metabolisms that their food intake just gets obscene when they get, you know, when they get pretty far away from their natural set point. And it's, we have to do holding periods. We have to hold and then go up a couple more pounds and hold and go up a couple more pounds and hold. Because if not, literally, I cannot just keep increasing food. They'd be eating like 10,000 calories a day. Such a good way that, yeah, but that is such a good layout, I find, because you can avoid sort of mini cutting by not constantly pushing. The client stays very comfortable. They can continue to recomp under most circumstances in those periods where you just hold weight. As long as things like training performance continue to go up, they're consuming sufficient substrate. And if they are using performance enhancing drugs, then obviously things like nutrient partitioning are even further pushed. Like it's really nice. You can push up weight. When appetite kind of comes down, you can sit, hold, recomp, clean up a little bit, go again, and you know, do that for a whole off season, and the progress is going to be insane, as opposed to huge push up and then just force yourself to keep pushing, which is generally probably when you're gaining fat anyway, and then have to mini cut it off, which is a waste of time, and then go again with a big push. You know, that's, that's silliness compared to the relaxed approach like you're talking about. Well, in in the there's a lot of little things going on behind the scenes that people aren't paying attention to because if you pay attention to any of the biofeedback markers, they will all start going downhill when you get past, when you get to that point, you'll watch blood glucose go up. You'll watch info, just generally the person be more inflamed. You'll watch training performance stall. You'll watch sleep quality go down. That's because all of those things are pushing them further away from that homeostatic set point that they want to be at. So you have to, you have to just, a little bit at a time and 100 it takes a bit of courage though like the post i did today i don't know if you've seen that client uh again christian that we put up i think yeah i think so yeah uh, whilst his because his appetite is like raging at the minute uh so i'm like i'm just using it like i'll just use that just keep feeding him up keep feeding him up keep feeding him up i'm not worrying about you know, even though he's not gaining any fat, in fact, in fact sometimes body compositions improve, but let's say he was gaining a bit of fat and whatnot, I'll just use this period of high appetite because his food is getting so high, I know pretty soon he's going to be like sick of the sight of food. So then it will be very comfortable for us to just pull back a little bit and he'll naturally harden up around that period, you know? So yep. you just have the courage to maybe think, I don't, oh, you know, because people look at themselves, oh, I look a bit watery, I look a bit fat, oh, I'm going to, oh, yeah, I'm going to mini cut, you know, I'm going to go on a hard mini cut. You know, if you just grin and bear it and put up with that bit for a while, when your appetite sinks back down, these things will just happen themselves. I think. Yep. Yeah, it does. It, too, you know, when you're having 
large, like someone like yourself too, when you're talking about changes in food and large influxes of food in and out, then you could, you could swing in the way you look just from water too. Like you can't, people, people are too quick. They're too quick to think that they've gained body fat. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you get body fat gain can happen pretty quick. Okay. Like I understand that, but not in the absence of a ridiculous caloric surplus. So, I mean, if you were, if you were just barely gaining weight and then all of a sudden you think you're getting fat, well, no, yeah, maybe a little bit, but you're not gaining fat at a quick rate because you didn't change anything calorically. Like people don't, they get emotional with it, but physiologically, like it's impossible. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, you know, especially, especially you get this in enhanced people. I'm sure you've seen it. I was speaking, somebody messaged me the other day, like really worried about them gaining fat because they were saying, um, but they were using, right, get this. So eight units of growth hormone a day uh, with Lantus, um, one and a half grams of test with 400 milligrams of trend a week. So um, this is a fairly aggressive cycle with, you know, with right. that, testing that much trend that much growth hormone and then controlling blood glucose with lantus like you're gonna like that stack is probably gonna put a fair bit of fluid on you and do you know what i don't know what the potential for actually gaining body fat on a blast like that is you know you'd have to do something ridiculous i think but the potential for adding fluid and the the general mineral retention and extracellular fluid retention that's going to come from those drugs is huge but the potential to actually gain body fat on a blast like that with such enhanced nutrient partitioning and such strong synergies towards nutrient partitioning, man, I don't know. Well, and the thing is, just like it all circles back to what we talked about, if you're starting to gain fat, your body's going to tell you. And how's it going to tell you? Your appetite's going to slow down. 100%, and 100%. Yeah. You, when you start – if things start crashing and you start, your appetite goes south, your digestion goes south, all those things go south, and you've changed nothing in the plan, then that's the point where you're probably most likely to gain body fat. Yeah, this is so cool because I had this conversation this morning, a voice note with a client where they were saying, like, my appetite is so high, but um, I, I'm just, I, I just feel like I'm eating too much. I'm like, if you were eating too much, you're like, your body <laughs> your appetite wouldn't be high yeah, if, <laughs> yeah it wouldn't be happening like trust me if you were overfeeding that hard especially especially when we're talking like bodybuilder type diet like highly bioavailable protein sources with nutrient dense foods at every meal and not just eating muffins all day like if your appetite is there and you're eating these food sources for like 80 90 percent of your diet like trust me you probably ain't eating too much like in an off season just well and i hate i hate the term intuitive eating but at the same time your your body's biofeedback system's way smarter than people give it credit for you know yeah yeah for sure if you actually think to yourself like am i hungry and when you finish a meal like am i satiated and and if you can truly say to yourself yes i'm hungry and my appetite's high for this meal then you know <laughs> eat <laughs> yeah with my you know with my more advanced clients or the or the ones that i've worked with a longer period they're generally just better at providing good feedback and we will work with hunger cues a lot more yeah do you know what that's honestly 
the more advanced I get and the better I get at reading my biofeedback, the looser that my daily macros become and more they'll be centered around me just asking myself general questions before meals. Like I'll have a, I'll have a, I'll have a set rule. Like let's say after this podcast, I'm going to have my meal before bed. It's going to have 40 grams of protein in it. And I want to get two servings of fruits in because I haven't hit too much fruit today that I'd like to. And then beyond that, it'll be how hungry am I? And I will generally open it up to nutrient dense sources. Like I'll probably do oats. I know that I haven't consumed much fat today, so I'll do some almond butter, whey and fruit, let's say. You know, I'll probably do about 100 grams of carbs from oats maybe because I'm, I'm genuinely sat here quite hungry. And I know that that won't overshoot. But whereas if I wasn't hungry, I wouldn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, even in a controlled environment, you can, I, I, I kind of do the same thing. I wasn't uh, like this, I don't know, past, past week, maybe I've increased my calories like four times yeah. because, because I just knew that I needed it because I, I could see scale weight, mirror training, my hunger, like everything, you know, I, I, I knew that I needed it. And, uh, and it, it, it took off. Like I literally, I actually lost about a pound in the last three days and I've increased calories twice. Yeah, but, and that's the thing with increasing calories as well. Training performance is driven so hard. Like my, right. my progressive overload at the minute is just like retarded for lack of a better word. I probably added five yeah. or six reps to all my top sets today. Still coming out of just out of this fat loss phase and it's so depleted. And like, see, that's why I have to keep increasing because like nothing's happening because I'm just, you're just burning it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's post show, post show, especially when you take someone that's like, especially like myself, that's so down regulated both metabolically and, and in terms of performance that we talk about how adaptive I am. Right. But there's part of that is also because my caloric expenditure goes freaking through the roof compared to what it was you know, because I was basically dead to the world. Like I can keep my meat levels the same and just my training performance will literally go up tremendous. And it doesn't, it could be anything. Like I get so weak and fatigued by the end of the prep and so like compromised in terms of joint integrity and everything that I won't even be doing things like squats or dead or rack pulls or any of that. So simply just adding back in those compound movements, that right there, like my expenditure in, in epoch effect goes way up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now, now that I'm adding all that stuff back in and I'm getting, and I'm getting stronger every session, like the, the calories expenditure is just freaking through the roof. That, that. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling that I'm going to need to keep increasing and I have a feeling I'll probably end up back pretty high again within the next couple months. Yeah, I, I, I keep, it's interesting to say that because I've done the same in the last couple of weeks. I've bumped like calories tentatively like three, maybe four times just because I've been so hungry. I'm like, why am I hungry if I'm trying to, especially like I'm recovering from surgery. I'm trying to add new muscle tissue. I shouldn't actually ever be physically hungry. Yeah. So, and, uh, absolutely no detriment to the physique. So. But anyway, this has been a pretty cool episode. I think that's a uh, quite useful 
anybody off season to mm-hmm. make some, some stuff on that. It is quite good because I did a post on exactly this today. So I'm glad that we spoke about that. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I like these two because this helps, I think this helps clients give better feedback as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely agree with you. 100%. So, I think people are going to like this for sure. The ones that we just freestyle are always the best ones, Austin. <laughs> always, yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Sweet. Well, I'm going to have to sign off here, man. It's nearly my bedtime. Got to get a meal in. Got to answer one. I've got one more checking to do, which is annoying me because I just didn't get to it before the podcast. So got to get a big Tom Evans checking back. who's looking insane at the minute. So uh, I'm excited to check his out. Uh, big Tom over in Vienna. Shout out to Tom um, for sending me over some uh, dark chocolate. It was I, uh, I, I follow. I follow his progress. Is he, is he the one sending you the food care packages? Uh, no, I got one from Chris over in. Um, oh, no, because he's in the U.S. Chris is in the U.S., so that's why you're getting all the good stuff. Yeah, and then I got some 100% dark chocolate from um, from Tom, which um, maybe uh, maybe Jerrica and I'll get you some stuff. Hey, I'd say I'd send I say that we send you some English stuff, but it's all shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we have we have everything over here. It's just like you. I, the thing is now I don't go to the grocery store that much because I got a lot of my food delivered. But every time we go, I'm like, what the fuck is all this? Like every, you can, they can flavor anything like anything. Really? We, yeah, we, we don't have much of that. I, I've got some zero calorie cookie stuff that I'm going to put on these oats. I'm going to have now. I'll try that. We're getting more of that over here, like low calorie stuff. We never used to have any of that. Um. But That'll be interesting. I'll send you some. Uh, I'll send you some digestive biscuits and some tea. <laughs> have, have, you ever, have you ever had a cup of tea and just dipped a bicky in it? No, but I would probably like it. To be honest, it's an English classic, man. Every time I go to my mum's, you know, a few cups of tea, a few bickies, and that. Do you guys? Do you guys drink just plain unsweetened tea? Just brew the tea and then drink it like that. Or is there sweetness to it? Do you guys add anything? Yeah. So a cup of tea, dash of milk, sweetener or some sugar. Actually, I would like, I'd like that, but I can't, unsweetened tea is fucking disgusting. I don't even know what that is. I, I, I don't know if our tea is the same as your tea. Like our tea is, is universal, like a cup of tea. We like have, tea well, we have here, like if you were to go to a restaurant or a hotel or something, we have English breakfast tea. That's what it's called. I suppose that's what our tea is. That's just what our tea is. Yeah. So have, to have that with the milk and a, and a couple of sweeteners. I'll have to do that. Instead of coffee, I'll have to do a splash of almond milk and some stevia in my English breakfast tea. <laughs> Proper milk in a, in, a, in a tea. Kind of almond milk. Okay, I'll, I'll just do regular milk. Is it? Do I have to use whole milk or you guys do like uh, full I fat? Use, I, I use whole milk, but Jazz use skimmed. You know, I don't like, if I'm going to put that in coffee, I like cream. I like the fatty cream. Yeah. Uh, I love whole milk. I could eat like granola covered in whole milk all day. I probably could too. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, all right. Dreaming about food now. I'm going to go and eat because of my appetite. Hi guys <laughs> right um cheers for listening guys please check out the sponsor links all linked up below um any questions and stuff keep them coming in any topics or guests that you'd like to see on 
Semir Austin a DM or PM, I suppose, depending on the social media platform. And um, we'll get right back to you. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>